Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 21. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Monday, Steelers Nation. And Dave, TJ Watt had three sacks. I assume that's all that happened in yesterday's game. I assume everything else was just fantastic from there. But uh, no, it was a disaster. Pittsburgh dropping their opener to the 49ers 30-7 to in just total non-competitive fashion. So. Remember when the preseason was fun? That was fun. <laughs> a little less so today. Dave, how you doing? Uh, open up, uh, open up uh, the regular season uh, recap podcast with some bars of gloom, despair, mm. and gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, deep. Okay, <laughs> you know how that goes by now. It's been a while uh, since we heard that. Yeah, yeah. Football is definitely back when we have to, unfortunately, do that. Uh, but... Man, uh, what what a nightmare! And and went through the uh, went through the, the the TV tape a couple times last night, and uh, it it looked even worse <laughs> <laughs> a couple couple of times uh, through there. Uh, look, I you know I obviously uh, didn't have them winning this game, but uh, 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 definitely not in this fashion. I expected them to at least show up and, and make it a competitive game and, and, you know, potentially be a, a, a close game in the fourth quarter and, and yada, yada. And, and it was anything, uh, anything but that. I mean, you talk about an offense that, uh, during the preseason starting offense went what five for five and five touchdowns. And in this game, you went five for five, but on the other end of the spectrum, there are three, uh, uh, five, three and outs, what did they have like one net yard or something after those uh, uh, first five drives or so, something like that? Then, you know, you you got that little uh, bit of optimism uh, there at the end of the first half where they went, you know, uh, hurry up and and was able to march all the way down the field and and eventually put that thing in, in, in into the end zone. But then you open up the second uh, half of this game and. You know, Christian McCaffrey, boy, we talk talk about those uh, 60-something yard explosive runs and not being able to defend any grass at the end of them, uh, whatever momentum, and there wasn't much that this team had uh, coming out of halftime, and it's gone, uh, you know, just right. like that. So, all right, uh, time to get into this thing and break it down based off what we know off the TV tape. Yeah, I mean, it was just a miserable performance all the way around. Offense, defense, special teams outside of basically T.J. Watt and some of Anthony McFarland in the kick return game. There's really no positives here overall. Before we, though, we get into kind of the uh, autopsy of this game, let's just quickly go through the inactive list and the injuries. And unfortunately, there is injury to the insult of this game. But we'll start with the inactives and just very briefly, Dave, you called them all correctly. 
no, no, I had one wrong. I had, oh, you uh, had one wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't, man, man, don't give me too much credit. These people <laughs> I'm trying to find something here. Yeah, these people won't like that on this Monday. Uh, uh, I had Loudermilk being inactive, oh. and uh, instead Armand Watts was. Okay, my apologies. But yeah, Rudolph, Dylan Cook, Armand Watts, Desmond King, and Gunnar Olszewski. We'll see. We assume King will get ahead at some point here pretty quickly, but still newly signed. Not ready yet. From an injury standpoint, Pittsburgh battling several in this one. That is Kim Hayward with the groin. He tried to come back twice and could not finish. DeMarvin Leal with an arm triceps, according to Mike Tomlin. Pat Frymuth with a chest. Deontay Johnson with the hamstring at the end of his 26-yard catch and run. And Chuck Wumakor for late in that game. He's in concussion protocol per Tomlin. So not only does Pittsburgh lose this game in in just horrific fashion, they may not have some of these key players for their week two game Monday night against the Browns. Man, you saw uh, that, that I guess was the second time that Cam Hayward tried to come back and he couldn't run. Nope. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, plain and simple. And uh, he knew, I mean, kudos to him for trying to fight through it and all, but I mean, he, uh, it was, it was fairly evident. If you look at him trying to chase down that play and get off the block, I mean, he, he, he just, he couldn't run. And, and now you wonder, how long is this going to be with him? You know, I, you, you, you obviously would love to have him for this game. Uh, even if he was, you know, 85% or something like that against, uh, against the Browns. But, uh, and yes, this is a long week or an extra day week coming up because you play on, on Monday night, but, uh, you really have to wonder not only if is he going to miss this uh, this Monday night game against the Browns, but I mean, are we talking about two, three, uh, f- uh, more weeks on 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 top of it? So uh, your defensive captain out there, the guy that really can can dominate there in the trenches, uh, not you know not having him obviously in that in that game for for a good portion of that game uh, hurt. It wasn't the only thing that hurt that defense. Uh, uh, I don't know how much better it would have had, but uh, having a uh, healthy Cam Hayward on the field wouldn't have hurt, that's for sure. And now you wonder about how long he's going to be sidelined. And then, you know, as you mentioned with Deontay Johnson and the bad uh, to add, I don't know how do you say it, insult to injury or injury to insult or or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, this happened early in the third quarter uh, uh, with him. And he actually, he actually got yards after, after the catch right. on the play, something that's kind of been a bug a bit, been a real bugaboo for him. What did he get like 22 yards after the catch on, on, on that play and was cut back inside and, and, you know, like somebody shot him in the back of the leg, uh, there. And then with that being a hamstring injury, once you know, kind of in the same boat of uh, of 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 Cameron Hayward, you wonder how long uh, we're talking about. You wondering if this is a uh, just a mild thing that maybe he can get back by by Monday night, or are we talking two or three games there? Leal, uh, didn't he try to fight through it? Or he did. did. Yeah, and, and didn't he finish? I think. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, yeah, you lose two guys on your defensive line like that to minor injuries. Uh, I, I guess, you know, at least from the TV tape, Larry Ogan, Joby looked okay. And it was good, obviously to have him back, uh, there. And I think they, they're, uh, 
uh, Batco from the PPG even said Darnell Washington was kind of limping around uh, uh, after the game on top of it. Who is the oh, uh, Ch Chukwuma Corfor? We'll have to see what happens there. Uh, obviously, with the concussion protocol, you would hope that maybe he'd be able to uh, go through this and, 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 and be healthy by Monday. But we've thought that before as well, too. And, you know, protocols are protocol and they're not going to rush him along here. So uh, it, it definitely was injuries to insult there. And that did a core force uh, injury and concussion, a potential concussion, led Broderick Jones to make his NFL debut, picking up, I believe, four snaps at left tackle to finish that game out. But Dave, let's get into the actual game itself, as painful as it is. Pittsburgh again dropping this one 30 to 7, nothing going right offense, defense, or special teams. But I think you have to start here, Dave, with Kenny Pickett, who looked really strong in the preseason. You mentioned how successful the first team offense was this summer and it all went away pretty much immediately in this game Pickett struggling massively honestly Dave and I know it's a little prisoner of the moment and we have not watched y'all 22 but I doubt it's going to look significantly different I think based on the relativity of him being in his second year being at home being the starter clear cut you know year one or, or year two for him this is the worst start of his career. I mean, he was just miserable, and I know there were some bad games last year. There were blowouts against the Bills and against the Eagles, but just given the expectations, given the talent level, I understand how difficult the 49ers defense is, the best in football, as Pittsburgh found out yesterday, but Kenny Pickett was just a mess. Yeah, he was, and the most, you know, one of the, you know, several concerning things when it came to him is, you know, nor, you know, he's been known as an accurate guy, you know, ov overall and, and just the accuracy, uh, was, was way off. Uh, you know, a couple of these, you know, seem to be made, you know, might've been miscommunication where he thought, uh, the receiver would be, but I mean, he, there, there were other throws in this game that, that we've seen him make that, uh, he just wasn't making, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the red zone throw to Deontay Johnson on the slant should have been a easy pitch and catch. Even the, the conversion, what to, uh, Anthony McFarlane, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, later in the game over to the left side, uh, you know, McFarlane had to work for that ball. Uh, there were just several off target, uh, throws. And then, you know, you get into that, uh, what that second interception there, you know, and he even said as much, uh, at, you know, after the game, you just, you, you, you you're trying to make plays happen at that point. You know, you got Tampa two situation uh, there. You got Connor Hayward uh, running down the middle of the field with, 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 uh, I don't know what, what number Fred uh, Warner that was on the field. Cause I think they had, uh, they might've cheated in that game. Uh, I think there were three Fred Warners on the field. Uh, we'll have to look, uh, look into that a little bit deeper there, but I mean, Fred Warner's right with him and you, you know, you force a ball in there, it gets tipped up, gets intercepted uh, there. But, you know, a, you know, accuracy and uh, overall was the thing that stuck out the most, uh, you know, and then, you know, obviously decision making uh, was right there up, 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 up top as far as when you're uh, looking at Kenny Pickett's performance. Yeah, I thought he missed layups and none clearer than that one to Deontay. Now, I know they eventually scored on that drive and that was a good throw in the right location with good zip to Frymouth, but is Deontay Johnson just cursed to never find the end zone? I mean, that should have been the easiest touchdown he's had in his career and Pickett just throws it low and behind and it's incomplete and lucky it wasn't picked up. But I thought in terms of him extending the play, making poor decisions whenever he would leave the pocket, usually that was kind of, you know, a good part of his game last year, use his legs, keep his eyes downfield, find an open guy downfield. Not so in this one. In just third down play, the first drive, he takes a sack. Second one, third and five, throws a pick. I know Johnson slipped, but 
probably not a great ball or great decision overall. And yeah, on that second pick to that got tipped by Fred Warner, you know, we had the conversation last week. I think you would ask, do you do you throw it to the middle of the field? And I said, maybe, but man, Fred Warner's you know, top coverage linebacker, and that's Tampa too, and running with Haywood, and they're running a, a dagger concept. You had, I think it was Pickens coming in underneath, and that would have been, you know, getting under where Warner was carrying Haywood vertical. So Pickett just waits a second. I think Pickett or uh, yeah, uh, Pickens or whoever the underneath receiver is on the dig, it's going to be wide open. So why Pickett isn't hitting that, I, I, I couldn't tell you, just him forcing a ball there. So just a very uncharacteristic game for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, the the good thing is, is it's still early. I mean, here's the thing. We've seen him play better than that, you know, uh, a lot better than that. So uh, those are things we'll be looking for in, 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 in this second game. Yeah, I, it's just, what do you think it was? Was it the 49ers defense being that good? Was it just the first game kind well, of some, some of them were just, I mean, uh, I mean, some of he he was just off, right? You know, I'm trying to figure out why. Because uh, I mean, that that's that's the question, and and uh, I don't know if we're able to answer why you go from looking as sharp as you did. You know, now look, yeah, it was preseason vanilla defenses and all like that. Uh, I, you know, maybe maybe he was pressing. I don't know, but I mean, th- this this it's not like this happened uh, progressively throughout the game. He he was off right from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did not get much better. I mean, they went tempo for that two-minute drill. I mean, it, it just felt like same old Steelers, where it, it it's a chore to try to move the football, and then you finally get a two-minute drill, you go tempo, you spread the field out, get into a rhythm, you score, and then usually the rest of the story is the team gets back into the game, and obviously did not happen yesterday, but you know, just felt like where everything is just pulling teeth for an offense that on paper, the line's better, the, the skill guys are better, the quarterback's in place. Got a good running back tandem. I know the 49ers are a tough bunch, but man, to be this flat and just be out muscled the way they were on both sides of the football at home, at home, your first home game since 2014 is just deflating. Uh, we saw bully ball. <laughs> yeah, just not the bully ball was my uh, phrase. It, it, it was the, the other team played the bully ball in this one. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not the Steelers there. Look, I mean, you, you come right out of the shoot there and, you know, uh, the first play was good. Uh, you got the, got the ball <laughs> pickings and, and you got what, about six yards kind of a uh, middle of the field situation there. Uh, the second one on the, uh, kind of the jet sweep there, Friar misses the block. I mean, uh, uh, can't wait to see that one on, 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 on the end zone view there. And then, uh, Friar just didn't know, uh, 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 he, he knew he messed up, messed up so bad. He didn't know where to turn to, you know, he, he touched nobody basically on that, uh, on that play that gets blown up. And then on the third down there, um, you know, okay. I, I, you hold on to the ball a little bit, then you're, you're, you're kind of scrambling and, and, and moving, just, just throw the damn ball away and don't take the sack there, you know, and, and, and take your three and out and get off the field there. But, you know, once again, you're talking about five drives and, and, and five, three and outs. They only ran the football, I think, uh, Two or two, two, two times in total on first downs. Uh, I think in this game, the other first down run was a Kenny Pickett scramble uh, there. But uh, really, no, you know, you you get behind like you did in this game, and then you know the defense can start dictating what you mm-hmm. uh, 
what you're doing. You obviously have to start throwing the football a little bit more, and that gets you out of the rhythm uh, at, at, at that point. But uh, you know, outside of the not and kudos to Najee Harris on delivering the uh, the explosive run on that on that two minute drill. There did a great job of 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 of, of vision and bouncing that outside. Got a couple of nice blocks on the edge by the wide receivers, and you throw in uh, the 15 yard uh, uh, penalty at the end of that run, and and you know you get an explosive play uh, 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 that way. But uh, I mean, there. Pickett was one of seven, I think, of on throws of more of fifteen or more yards down the field in this game. Two of those balls were uh, were were intercepted, and you know they just three explosive plays in total. The Najee one, uh, the uh, the one to Deontay uh, early in the second half. Uh, uh, that he unfortunately got hurt on, and then you kind of had to throw away. I mean, it still counts, obviously, but uh, the 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 late one to uh, Allen Robinson, the uh, uh, the second later on, uh, late late in the fourth quarter there. But uh, you're not going to win many many ball win many ball games that way. I mean, what what are the things that we talk about? Uh, yards after the catch, explosive plays, uh, have to get better this year. This team did average uh, three point. I don't know, two, four, six, something like that yards after the catch in this game. But if you throw out the, uh, uh, throw out the, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, one, uh, you back up under, under three at that point there. And then once again, three explosive plays and, you know, one late in the game really, really doesn't matter there. So, I mean, uh, this was a, a very, very, very good, uh, uh, 49ers defense that they played, but there was a lot of self-inflicted stuff in this to, to oh, go yeah. along with it. Yeah, a lot of unforced errors. And even that 3.2 yards after the catch stat is still bad. I mean, Pittsburgh was dead last in that category last year at four. So 3.2 is worse than where their average was last season. But um, I, I, if you just need, needed one stat to sum up how bad this offense was, their first first down came with under two minutes to go in the half. And that was on the Najee Harris run. They got the penalty off of that. So I mean, you just want one stat that sums up how ineffective they were. It was turnovers and three and outs for the entire first half until that final drive there. So I'm not sure when the last time that ever happened was Pittsburgh didn't pick up a first down until basically the half was almost over. I mean, that's just ineptitude that you would have never guessed about this game. Look, I I think you can call it uh, the five... Uh, the five for five uh, 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 key stat, at least, you know, in, in, in the first first half here, because, you know, uh, the flip side of that, too, is you're putting your defense out there for 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 so many plays. How many plays did the 49ers run in the in the first half? Because uh, the Steelers round uh, wound up running, I think, 27. Thank God for the 12 play. Uh, drive there. I mean, if you go, let's see, if you don't get points there and you go like, even if you get your first down and maybe you run six, seven plays there, you're, you're looking at an offense uh, at that point that would have only run around 22 plays uh, in the first half on six possessions uh, there. Uh, but, you know, fortunately they did have the, uh, the, uh, the 12 play drive to close out uh, the first half and, 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 and scored. And the 49ers in the first half, uh, let's see, seven, six, nine, seven, that's uh, 16 and 13 is 29 and 11 is 40. And then the one kneel down 41 plays in the first half uh, there. And not only that, they had, Let's see, it touched uh, 14 and 6, 20 points overall, right? 
Yeah, I'm looking at what you tweeted out the half. It said 39 to 27 plays in favor of the 49ers. But either way, probably it's a no play. I think that's being negated in, in the uh, ESPN math there. But it, it did not feel that close. I mean, it was just Pittsburgh obviously getting that, that late drive in there that kind of racked up the plays. But I, I'm going to have to – I wanted to pull the number how much game time between each uh, possession the 49ers had because they would have the ball. They would go on a seven-play drive. Pittsburgh would go three and out, and then about a minute of game time later, the, the defense is, uh, Steelers defense is back on the field. So I'm sure there's some crazy stats like that. And so, yeah, I mean, the 49ers dictated the tempo and the tone of this game early, carried that throughout, and that was the overall feel of the, the, uh, feel of the entire day. And look, I mean, you, uh, you, you, and that would be interesting to to uh, to, to know the actual real uh, clock clock time. You know, yeah, uh, I give you. I, I don't know the real time. I can give you just game time, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the defense and, and the defense couldn't get stops in their, you know, in their defense. I mean, they were not not in their defense, but you know, just they, they could not get stops either. And uh, yeah, look, uh, you, you, I, where I was going to go with this on, on top of what you said is you even saw um, uh, Marcus Golden and, and Herbig have to play. You know, you'd expect those guys to play during this game. But they they were having to be on the field in that first half uh, uh, for a handful of snaps, and normally, uh, you know, not just a few either. I don't think. Right, and the D line depth is tested, and the problem I'm seeing with Pittsburgh's defense is whenever they lose one of those pillars, whether it's a Watt or a Minka or a Cam Hayward, there just isn't the talent to to make up for it. Now, to be fair, the defense was not doing well before Hayward got hurt, but when you lose him, it really falls apart then, and you know, we spoke about the depth of the D line, and, and I and I couched that in the in the framework of there's some tough cuts to be made along this defensive line, which there were. But do you have that high end talent that can replace Hayward if he goes down mid game, or in, at some point in the coming years you're gonna have to replace him? You know, full, full you know long term whenever he retires. And Pittsburgh does not really seem to have that right now. And so once you lose him. And Leal's battling his thing, and Ogan Joby's probably not a hundred percent. I mean, you're just getting cooked, you know, on, on the ground game. Yeah, look, I mean, I I, I think Loudermilk has made some uh, some a little bit of improvement, but I mean, he he pretty much is what he is. Now, I think it's going to be. I I can't wait to get to the all twenty two portion on on defense because I I think. Keanu Benton probably had some pretty good. It looked like he had some pretty mm-hmm. good snaps in there. Um, uh, Joby, uh, at least on my initial run through the TV tape, looked 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 over okay overall. And here's the other thing about a defense: at least uh, those those first several drives there. I mean, no pressure, and obviously San Francisco was doing a, a good. They 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 knew. That offense uh, for them early on, it looked like they knew what the Steelers were going to do. Uh, in they uh, in in certain situations, they obviously stayed ahead of the chains, which makes it even harder on the defense. And the ball was out quick. Brock Purdy looked like he uh, knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. Uh, he was accurate. Uh, they were getting a little bit of yards after the catch, and uh, I mean they. Yeah, he didn't look like Mr. Irrelevant. And now that makes, I think, what, uh, six regular season starts for him now. And all six of them uh, statistically have, you know, have looked looked really good. I think uh, his adjusted in net yards uh, per passing attempt number was over seven. Once again, he has not had a game as a, a regular season game uh, in the NFL as a starter under seven. Uh, he 
he looked like the real deal to me. And and boy, Brandon Ayuk, they 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 didn't have an answer for him uh, mm. at, at all. And uh, they did such a great job of scheming uh, towards the middle of the field, uh, th- really throughout this game. And and Brandon Ayuk, man, he, that looked like. Uh, Terrell Owens out there, uh, uh, old school Terrell Owens when he was with the 49ers overall, because he was he was crushing them. Yeah, I called him earlier in the week, maybe one of the most underrated receivers in football. And I think he showed that in this one. But to go back to the Steelers offense, I mean, just big picture, you know, I I, I called this the litmus test for the Steelers and they want to be what the 49ers are. And the 49ers ran their game plan to a T, run the ball effectively, as you said, stay on schedule, play action, you know, beat zone coverage, a couple of boots, you know, be aggressive defensively, take the ball away, get some pressure. Those, those, the philosophies between the Steelers and the 49ers are essentially identical, but the 49ers, of course, executed at a much, much higher level. And so Pittsburgh still, they might have an idea of who they want to be, but their ability to execute that is still falling short. At least it did in this game and this offense just, you know, there was no run game. Even when they tried to run the few times they did, you know, no one's getting a hat on Fred Warner. You leave Fred Warner, leave any, any linebacker unblocked. It's going to be a bad day, but you leave Fred Warner unblocked. I mean, he let up Harris on that one, you know, zone run to the left there. And so there was just, just nothing there. So Pittsburgh may have a better feel of who they want to be, but who they actually are. They're, they're two different things right now. Man, that guy is so impressive to watch his ability to read and then 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 get to point A to point B uh so quick. They, you know, there there were obviously a couple standout players for the 49ers uh uh in this game. And uh Drake, uh, what's Drake's last name? Uh Jackson. Yeah. Just as I have called it, Drake Drake Jackson is a player to watch in this game. Uh no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I mean, you have a guy like that able to eat, and you know, before the game, I think it was uh, reported that uh, the the plan for for Nick Bosa was to play what thirty to forty snaps. <laughs> uh, the way that game was going, he didn't even need you know. Uh, I don't know how many did he end up uh, playing in this game overall, but they uh, 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 they they probably could have sat him and 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 been just mm-hmm. fine overall there. The way that uh, defensive front was playing for them. I mean, I felt like. The pressure wasn't crazy on Kenny Pickett. 30, 35 I, snaps for uh, Nick yeah. Bosa in this game. I mean, and they sat him obviously late in this one. I, th- I saw some 49ers beat writers say they're going to, uh, you know, hit that snap count number and not have to take him off the field at all. You know, not going to limit his snaps, but actually only play 35, 40 because of how little the 49ers defense had to play in this one. But I, I mean, I didn't feel like the pressure was immense on Pickett where he's getting killed, you know, two seconds after dropping back. I think guys are struggling to get open. And Pickett probably struggling to see things in some extended play situations. And then late in the game, when the 49ers can pin their ears back, they got a couple extra sacks. Pickett sacked five times in this one. I at, at first blush, I didn't feel like the line did a terrible job of protecting Pickett. I just felt like nobody was getting open and or Pickett was not seeing anything downfield. Yeah, I, I would agree with that uh, overall. Now, I think uh, just on first blush, I... I think probably say is probably going to grade out the best in this. Uh, but it's not like he was under duress all day. I mean, look, he had time to throw uh, a lot. He was just, you know, this, you see him look off and look back and, and look off. And, you know, he did ha- have to hold the ball a little longer, especially, you know, uh, you know, as the game progressed there, but uh, there were opportunities for him to make plays in this game. He just, uh, uh, he didn't. 
Yeah, and and you're gonna have to make them in week two. We'll talk about that a bit later, but there's there's really not much margin for error right now as you're hosting the Browns, coming off a great victory that Cleveland had over the Bengals in this game. But any other, you know, he, he I mean, he ta- mm-hmm. he talked after the game about wishing they had uh, more balance and all like that. I, you know, several people uh, uh, are obviously gonna take that as, oh, he's taking a shot at Matt Canada there. But I mean, when you when you get down like you were down, and especially uh, right after. Uh, you know, uh, uh, in in the second half there, where when McCaffrey busts that and the game's really busted wide open at that point, I mean, you have to get away from the run at that point, right? You know, uh, yeah. I mean, you're playing right into their hands every time you run the football, and especially when you're running with an offense that you know uh, it isn't isn't really explosive on the ground anyway. Yes, Najee had the explosive run. Uh, in the game, and he should be commended about that. But it's not like you're going. They want you to try to march 85 yards down the field in 10, 11 plays and mm-hmm. chew up, chew up clock at that point. So uh, by going, go back to that five for five, you know, five and five, and 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 uh, three and outs are, uh, uh to start this game off, and then you get behind, you know, obviously on the scoreboard on 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 top of it. There, uh, you're not going to have the balance that you desire. Uh, uh, moving forward into that game. And they certainly didn't. And, you know, uh, the 49ers probably played a lot uh, too soft at the end of that uh, 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 first half uh, drive there and let the Steelers kind of march down. You throw in, you know, the penalty on top of it and uh, uh, that they had that gave you, gave an extra 15 yards. I, I view that kind of more as them shooting themselves in the foot. Now, look, I mean, you have still have to capitalize on that. They did, uh, and they did score there. But I mean, you get into the second half of this game, I mean, you pretty much have to throw every down, right? Yeah, the time when you could be balanced in the first half, Pittsburgh simply did not possess the football until that two-minute drive. Where, of course, you can't really run the ball uh, much, if at all. And so, you know that that there's no secret to why this team wasn't balanced when you don't have the ball early and you're behind in the second half. Of course, you're gonna have to throw the ball the 50-plus dropbacks the picket had in this game. But yeah, the 49ers game plan defensively was we're going to stop the run. We're going to take away the deep ball. Pittsburgh really had nothing downfield in this game. And we're going to force the Steelers offense to go, you know, five, six yards at a time in the pass game. And Pickett just could not do it. Didn't read things well. Was not accurate. And so you're not going to be able to sustain drives that way. Their 49ers game plan was not that secretive. Take away the deep ball. Don't allow the chunk play to really flip field and allow those guys to pick up a bunch of yards at once and you know, stuff, stuff the run and Pittsburgh just could not handle it. And then once again, on the, on the passes that they were, were completing for the most part, they were not uh, uh, conducive to yards after the catch, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, well, I mean, especially on the ones that they completed, uh, you, you did have, just the, those instances with Deontay and, and, and Allen Robinson, the second later on, you know, late, late, late in the game there. But man, you take those two plays away on how many completions did he have uh, in, in this game? Uh, 31, 30, 31, yeah. uh, 31 overall. Uh, and you don't, you know, you don't want to sit here and uh, go to a deep dive and cherry, cherry picking too much into a week one game there. But man, you take away those, uh, those, those, those two catching runs alone to Johnson and Allen Robinson, the third, and you're, you're, you're probably talking less than two yards uh, of, of yards after the catch in those. And uh, 
a couple of the shorter ones that they were trying to complete to the running backs uh, didn't go anywhere. Not not much uh, uh, yak in those situations either. There, so I mean, it, it was just a mess. I mean, there's no other way uh, to describe it, and and there's a lot of blame to go all around. But Kenny Pickett once again uh, ha- has a lot of blame in it because you know some accuracy issues and decision making uh, in that. But uh, and then you know the flow of the game, uh, obviously with get, getting behind in uh, uh, as quickly as they did, and then you spend most of the third or fourth quarter trying to make plays. Uh, 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 down the field when when they're in a situation where they're going to try to do their best to make sure that you're not. Yeah, I mean, and again, Pittsburgh's passing game was just everything underneath. Just look at some of the receiving numbers here for Pittsburgh's guys. Calvin Austin, six catches, 37 yards. George Pickens, five catches, 36 yards. Jalen Warren, five receptions, 12 yards. A real quirky line there. Deontay had the one downfield, but everything was contained. Everything kept underneath. 49ers did a great job keeping a lid on things. Uh, they shut down the run. Najee Harris, two receptions, two yards. And so, you know, Pittsburgh's passing game was really contained to that five to 10 yard range. And again, just not able to sustain drives at all. all right. Any other kind of final thoughts here offensively? Any bright spots in this one? Really trying to find something. It was good for Austin to play, get a lot of action. His first NFL regular season game didn't have any super explosive plays or tremendous moments, but seemed to have a fine game overall. Yeah, I thought Allen Robinson did some nice things yeah. overall in this game uh, uh, with 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 him. I think even at one point he was the leading uh, receiver up until uh, uh, late in this game. Oh, he he actually did. He finish. did lead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm uh, you know in total receptions, I think uh, Austin got him by one there. Uh, and the only reason Austin saw more action, obviously, because Deontay Johnson uh, went down overall. But uh, uh, I thought Allen Robinson kind of talked about I wouldn't be surprised if he graded out it grades out as as, as 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 the best receiver from an all-around uh standpoint in this one uh let's see what else offensively I mean you know once again I I, I harp on I have harped on Najee Harris quite a bit about the explosive play capability and the fact that he delivered a you know a, a, a nice run there uh which which you know he his decision making and, and ability to cut uh, caused that, so it wasn't like a, a gaping hole that he ran that through uh, there. So I think that's a minor bright spot. Get an explosive run out of him, but they only ran the ball nine times uh, in this game, and the rest of rest of the runs uh, 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 weren't there at all. At least Najee has now matched his 2022 total of explosive runs of 20 plus yards or more. I think he had just the one last year, so we're one for one one week into the season. I, I overall, you know, and again, I need to see the all 22. I would not put, I would not put Matt Canada front and center for the blame here. Although I do think the one call that he had late in the third quarter, fourth and four fall at the 49ers eight yard line. Sorry. I got ad playing here. ESPN loves to just randomly play ads in my ear. Um, but I think that that fourth and four call, which is four verticals you know, and you know, just, you're trying to expand the defense, you know, and they have no, they don't have to expand vertically. I mean, they're, they're at balls at the eight yard line. So I'm not sure how you're not calling anything. That's an in-breaking route, anything that puts a defender in conflict, anything that, that gets you to the sticks and not have to put, put that ball in the end zone. I know there was miscommunication on the throw between Pickett and Frymuth, but I, I thought that was a really abysmal call and Pittsburgh's kind of last hope to try to get back into that game when you're just running four verticals into the end zone on fourth down when you only need to get four yards. 
Yeah, especially you. I mean, you're talking about the com- 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 compressed space there, so yeah. you're you're already fighting what is essentially three more defenders across the field because of not having the depth uh, uh, of the field to work with. Yeah, exactly. So I, I thought that was one call that stuck out to me. But overall, I think you know if you're if you're going to have one guy front and center to blame, and the blame goes around the entire team, coaches and players, but Kenny Pickett was just I thought abysmal in this one and really discouraging start for his season. Yeah, it was. All right, Dave, flipping over to the defense, not like they were that much better, could not stop the run. Christian McCaffrey, 22 carries for a buck 52 and a touchdown. And you referenced the big one, Pittsburgh. You know, they get a touchdown before the end of the half. It's 20 to seven. You think, okay, you know, uh, San Francisco gets the ball to start, get a stop, get the ball back, maybe climb back into this one. And two plays into the second half, McCaffrey going 65 yards the other way. And that game, really, I thought that play kind of epitomized and summed up how just more physical the 49ers were in this game. Offense, defense, just overall, where Levi Wallace just just on Olay, basically, on McCaffrey. And then Casey, who's a physical guy, just gets thrown out of the club by Brandon Ayuk there downfield. And uh, McCaffrey scores on that one. So Pittsburgh just getting and, beat and up. And Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod down there trying to take Pat Patrick Peterson's lunch money, too. You know? Right. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, they Those are the, li- you know, uh, what... What was it with a Jalen Warren run uh, uh, 50, 60 yards yeah. during the Deontay pre- had the block. Pre- preseason there? Uh, you need things like that uh, 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 to facilitate these, these you know, explosive, double explosive, triple explosive runs, especially for them to, to go in the end zone. You need that kind of stuff. And, boy, they had it out there with uh, – uh, with, with Ayuk and, 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 and Ray, 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 Ray McLeod. And look, I mean, you, you can't judge a play just by one still shot, but at one, you know, at one point, as you kind of referenced there, uh, McCaffrey's trying to spin out, uh, there and his back is towards, uh, is going to, uh, he's, he's faced towards his own goal line there. And, and Levi Wallace has hands on him at that point, And he still manages to get, uh, 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 you know, break, break that tackle, so to speak, and then, uh, go, go the rest of the way at that point. Now, look, Christian McCaffrey is, is one of those different kind of backs where he's, he's shifty and, and he can do those kind of things and obviously has the long speed, uh, on top of it. How many times have we talked over, over the years? Uh, we don't get to see it enough on the Steelers side of things, but we've seen it happen against the Steelers several times man, explosive runs, even if they're just 20 yards, I mean, hell, even if they're 15 yards, uh, it's stealing, it's stealing a play, uh, in the NFL, uh, if you get those. And then if you talk about triple explosive plays of 60 yards or more, uh, those are crushing and they're even more crushing when they end up in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the end zone, the way that one did. And yeah, look, you come out of uh, halftime and you think, all right, look, uh, that was miserable. Uh, let's get a stop here to open up this, uh, the, this second half here. Maybe we can climb back in this thing, but you know, 60 yards later by McCaffrey and you're, you're thinking, okay, drive safe folks. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's just have some pride out there, man. You're at home in front of your crowd and the 49ers had a pretty large presence in this game too, in terms of their crowd. And they had a lot to cheer about in this one, but really just dis- dis- disappointing from that aspect of it where Pittsburgh was just really out muscled and, and they lost the point of attack offensively and defensively. But yeah, it was the McCaffrey and Ayuk show. And Ayuk was, as you said, uncoverable. Pittsburgh played a lot of zone. Ayuk kind of found soft spots over the middle. And then of course, on the first touchdown, Peterson slips and Ayuk scores easily in the back of the end zone. Second one, just, you know, him mossing Peterson and the coverage was not 
bad, but Peterson can't contest it, and Ayuk ultimately makes the play. And Peterson obviously talked his talk going into the week about, you know, the 49ers have their tells, I'm going to get a pick, and almost had one in this game, but he didn't, and he got scored on twice. And so he talked the talk, he didn't walk the walk, and the 49ers laughed laughed last and laughed best. Yeah, about his best snaps in this game were in the slot, weren't they? I'd have to see the all 22, but obviously the outside did not go well, giving up a pair of scores. So I imagine the slot had to have been better. Uh, even even on that uh, first touchdown to Iuk, if he doesn't slip, <laughs> that's probably still probably a touchdown. Still a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, you you know uh, w- w- when it comes to that. Uh, and look, we we just highlighted you know Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson on defense uh, in, in 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 a negative way there. Uh, and I think you said maybe one of your concerns heading into the season was maybe was was the secondary, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, here here's the thing, and look, Joey Porter Jr. only played seven snaps uh, defensively in this game. Uh, he's obviously more of a uh, more 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 suited for man. Uh, he's not. One of my main takeaways from this thing is we're probably going to have to see this team play more man. Uh, moving forward, I think, and that would play right into the hands, I think, to getting Joey Porter Jr. on the field more. So my 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 one of my overarching takeaways from this is I think the uh, I think the clock's ticking on uh, Levi Wallace here. I mean, Peterson did not look any better. Could it right. be a situation where Peterson loses playing time? Uh, I kind of doubt it. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, they're not going to make any major changes here. I don't think one week into the season. So we'll see what week two looks like and kind of go from there. But obviously both those guys and this entire defense has to improve. I want to go back just really briefly to the 65 yarder that McCaffrey had. Uh, I don't have the exact uh, quote. I think it was from Rayford Apaldo in front of me, but Minka was apparently saying somebody tried to do too much on that play and didn't do their job. I tried to go back and watch that play to see what see he it. might have been referencing. I, I couldn't tell, but but maybe I'm just obviously I don't I'm not in the huddle there. Yeah, I, I from the TV from from the end zone TV angle, I, I couldn't tell. Okay, I do know in this game, Minka played in the box quite a bit. They really used him over slot and down low more than what they normally do, and I can understand that because the 49ers are a run-heavy team, and you want Minka involved and trying to do some different things, but I just don't think Pittsburgh's ever had much success when they try to play Minka either over slot or down in the box. I mean, that's what he wanted out of Miami, and they tried in the slot against the Raiders, uh, what was that, two years ago, and that was a disaster there, so I just felt like anytime they don't use Minka the way that Minka should be used as a free safety, the results just are not good. And that does not mean you have to play him in 20 yards deep every play. You can do some rotations and, and spin guys down post-snap. But I just feel like Pittsburgh's played. They blitzed him a ton in this game. It's just stuff like that. It's not in Minka's wheelhouse. And I don't think Minka was all that great in this game either. Had that potential sack on Purdy, misses, and Purdy completes the pass for a first down. So I just, uh, going through the game last night, did not like how Minka was using this one. And his play was not that great either. Uh, and look, they, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I would assume that the 49ers were pretty damn good on first down overall, right? Yeah, I don't know for sure, but I imagine they probably were much better than Pittsburgh. We'll put I it mean, that way. And if you obviously if you stay ahead of the change and get those second down situations there where you really have the uh, defense guessing more whether or not it's going to be running, run it, run or pass, it's going to be advantageous uh, to you. But uh, I mean, they, it, it, once again, it felt like, 
they their offense knew exactly what they were going to do. I mean, uh, even that first uh, uh, fourth down uh, conversion that they had, I mean, that was schemed so well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to get the ball to, uh, I think it was Kittle uh, uh, on, on that one where he kind of, what, fake blocks and then just leaks on out. And, you know, uh, you only need, what, a yard, yard and a half at the time. And, you know, just uh, sit situationally, especially on, on some money downs, they, they, they really did a good job. And then once again, the way they can scheme things, uh, 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 to the middle of the field there. And even, you know, Brock, you know, probably one of the, uh, not, not so great, uh, throws that, that Brock Purdy had in this game. And there, there obviously weren't a lot of them there, uh, where he's over, you know, moving over to the left-hand side and kind of throwing back a little bit more towards the middle of the field. You got a guy like, uh, Debo Samuel belling him out with a nice catch. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'll have to go through the tape, but it felt like they were just kind of running the same concepts. And we talked about that. The 49ers offense is not incredibly complex where they're going to run a million different schemes. It's a lot of the same stuff. It's dressed up well. There's pre-snap movement. There's window dressing. They try to move your eyes. I mean, there were a couple were just a two-man route combination. Uh, I think one was McCaffrey sitting on a short curl and the receiver then breaks on a 10, 15 yard dig. They ran that twice for two completions to Ayuk. I think maybe both times or one was to Samuel and the other to Ayuk. I forget the exact thing, but I mean, they're just kind of running the same stuff. And Pittsburgh was playing pretty soft zone and really not competitive on the, at the catch point. But yeah, to pull up the number here, 49ers averaged 5.9 yards per play on first down. Wow. And I bet you that was probably even better in the first half before they kind of called off the dogs late in this game. And there's some kneel downs in there that probably skew things at the end of the half. And Take those things out probably even better. Pittsburgh, 3.4 yards per play on first down. Let's just quickly see where the 49ers ranked overall for week one, pending the Monday Monday night matchup tonight. We use our, uh, let's see, the 49ers were had the, what, tied for the fifth best uh, first down yardage in Dallas this, uh, probably up there. Yeah, Dallas was fourth. Miami, seven and a half yards wow. per play on first down there. Two went off in this one. But uh yeah, but I mean I, I imagine if you just kind of take out some of the uh what do you want to call it? Just the, the kneel downs and the end of the game type stuff. I mean the 49ers offense is probably averaging seven yards per, per play on first down. Right. And once again, it, you know, you getting those advantages. I mean that that's why they call it staying ahead of your head ahead of the chains there. Yeah, that's for sure on that one. All right, something good in this game. T.J. Watt, three sacks. He's now tied James Harrison for the franchise's all-time mark with 80 and a half. He's got a good chance to break it against the Browns, who will be without Jack Conklin in week two. So T.J. Watt, three sacks, one forced fumble, nearly a second, a weird ruling there from the officials. But at least T.J. Watt was T.J. Watt. Yeah, he uh, and we talked. If, if there's one thing that we definitely got right ahead of this game, it was uh, him and uh, against uh, who was it, uh, McGlitchy over there. No, McKibbs. Uh, I mean, I mean uh, McKibbs over there. Uh, that that was going to probably be an advantageous matchup uh, for him, and and he certainly won it. You know, uh, a lot of the times there, but it still uh, almost had. Uh, 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 Two two uh, fumble recoveries and what a weird one that one was with uh, with Purdy being able to, the the butt recovery I guess you'd call that right. uh, uh, there but uh, uh, I mean I don't know what more you want that guy to do in this game yeah I mean and that's the frustrating part your you know star player had a really good game overall impact player and you still got blown out at home this was the 
worst week one home loss Pittsburgh has had in the Mike Tomlin era and their worst since 1997 when the Cowboys beat them 37 to seven. The Cowboys had a great opener uh, last night against the Giants. So there is any sort of silver lining here. It's week one. It's the NFL's weird early in the season. And in that 97 year when Pittsburgh got destroyed by the Cowboys, they finished the year 11 and five and went to the AFC title game. So I just want to, you know, not defending how bad this game was. It was terrible in week two. It's going to be a really critical game for Pittsburgh, but we've seen bad week ones, you know, turn out good. Right. The Ravens, end. the Ravens game several years ago, uh, yeah. uh, they got it taken to them. And then, uh, yeah, I think you ended up in the playoffs, didn't they? I was 2011. Yeah. I forget. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure they made, made the playoffs that year. So yeah, the point is, you know, we've seen bad week ones and in good season results and vice versa. Of course, Pittsburgh beating the Bengals last year, they obviously lose TJ Watt in that game, but then they, you know, skid the rest of the way until the, uh, until after the bye. So point being, if there's any just perspective to offer, it is week one. The NFL is really weird this time of year. Let's see how week two goes. Although the Browns are going to be a daunting opponent given their great week one win over the Bengals. Thought of Landon Roberts, at least on a TV tape, looked looked uh, okay in this game. Yeah, I know on that fourth down, that that pass in the flat to Kittle, you know, Roberts trying to get out there. It's a really tough spot for him, any linebacker to be in. Um, do you know what the snap count was for the inside linebackers, the rotation there? I know all three played. I don't know the exact snap count. I'm yeah, I can, guessing yeah. Roberts played the fewest of the three. It probably went Holcomb, Alexander, and then Roberts. But uh, Holcomb, 53 snaps, was 78%. Uh, it was Alexander, 47 snaps, 69%. Uh, Roberts played 29 snaps, 43%. Okay, that, that felt about the way that it was going to go. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, they, they, they ran some big nickel. They even used some 4-4 fronts. They used true four defense linemen on the field in this game. They were trying to do some different things to stuff the run. I really got to look at the numbers here once I finish charting, but in the 49ers, I mentioned this during the week, they're, they're 21 personnel and how multiple they can be out of it and they can move check around and he can flex out or be in the backfield. They can really do a lot of things with him in Pittsburgh. I just felt like they didn't have any good answers in general, regardless of what San Francisco is doing, but I thought against 21 personnel, Pittsburgh really never had a good game plan to stop that. Boy, and you got Trent Williams, that guy yeah. for, for his age and 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 his build overall. You, you would you would look at him probably. I mean, he's obviously he's still an impressive guy just looking at him, but for his age and a guy normally with his build, he still moves so incredibly good. And man, he had. There were a couple instances where he's just easily turning guys out or turning guys in, you know, and then other times where he's out in space, uh, still moves, still moves well out in space. I, I thought the left side of that, I mean, their, their whole offensive line, obviously, uh, 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 outside of the right tackle, uh, I thought played an extremely uh, good game. It was nice to see. I know Alex Highsmith got that inside spin to work on Williams once and drew a holding call. That was one of the few decent moments for the defense in this one. So that was my concern. I think tackles have been starting to sit and anticipate that inside spin. But Highsmith still showing some effectiveness there against the Hall of Fame, you know, future Hall of Fame left tackle in Trent Williams. But yeah, overall, I mean, the pressure was not, you know, the 49ers, just, they could stay on schedule. Brock Purdy did his thing. I mean, you know, he he's very much that, you know, in the structure of this 49ers offense, he's really good. If you put him in a different system, he's not going to obviously succeed the way that he's succeeding right now, but he's just such a good fit. He plays you know, within the structure of the call, but then he can't extend. I mean, he had a couple extended plays and 
I, I know it was late in that game, but that third and 12 scramble that he had for a first down, it's like, how do you let, how do you let that guy run for a first down? I mean, you got him dead to rights and he just walks past all you guys and, and picks up the first down. So just, just frustrating things where Pittsburgh just could not get stops when they should get stops. Right. Special teams in this one, McFarland, couple of good kick returns. That was, you know, slightly encouraging. I guess overall had a good catch on that fourth down play with like, you know, as soon as McFarland came in on the fourth and two, I knew the ball was going to McFarland because why would they put him in the game otherwise at that point? But, um, you know, Harvin, not great. The special teams was so sloppy. There were so many penalties in this one, Dave. You had the, the offsides on the field goal rush. You had the timeout to play before. I don't know what that was about. You had uh, Kuntz getting a face mask. You had a false start on on one punt. It's just, just a mess there, too. The thing about highlighting Anthony McFarlane in a kick return game, yeah, that's good. But uh, uh, the hope is that you don't have to have <laughs> Anthony McFarlane returning uh, many kickoffs. I mean, what, uh, three for 91, 30.3 average, a 34 long. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, obviously. And there were. Except for him having to do so much, right. so much kick return work. But I, I get your point. Right. Uh, what are they going to do with. Uh, what are they going to do with Harvin? You know, uh, he, you know, once again, he represented himself uh, good during the preseason there with all those inside the 20s. But, I mean, a couple more JV punts showing up again in this one. Yeah, I mean, he's going to punt week two. You take it from there. Um, I thought even the Gunners, I thought Pierre and Boykin weren't that strong. They were getting stuck on blocks. McLeod had a couple of good, you know, runbacks. And, you know, just, just nothing seemed to go right overall. All right. Any final thoughts here, Dave, from this game? I mean, everybody kind of knows the story. I mean, it's... I mean, how, where is your concern? I know it's, you know, reactionary. It's Monday morning, right after the game. You know, obviously things are pretty hot right now, but where, where is your concern with this, the Steelers team? Well, uh, I, look, I, I thought they were, they were going to be in this game. I didn't think they were going to win this game. I thought they'd be in it though. Uh, I, th- I thought it'd be a much more impressive, uh, showing on both sides of the ball than what it is. So, uh, but then again, you know, uh, I, I thought last night, uh, damn it, Dave, why'd you, why you put so much, why, you know, and I, I knew better put so much stock in the preseason and all like that, uh, especially for the limited amount of snaps uh, that that unit played. Uh, the, there is, a, a, I'm concerned. Yes. B, uh, they, they played a good team, a very good team. Uh, C, uh, come, come talk to me after this Browns game uh, because we'll look, the Browns won in week one, upset the Bengals. Uh, this is a game, a second game at home for the Steelers coming off of a, a extremely poor showing uh, here. Uh, yeah, you can't look at a week two game and say this is a must win game. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> you know, you fall to two games behind Cleveland uh, in the division. You start to start the season. Oh, and two, uh, I'll tell you what, it, it's a must uh, uh, factor when it comes to the game. We have to see the offense. We must see the offense look a lot better, or at least be in this game. That, wow. you know, uh, that's where the must is where, it, where it comes to Monday night. But look, this is a, uh, uh, uh I, I did not ex- I did not expect this game to go the way it went, especially when it comes to Kenny Pickett and the accuracy and the de- and the decision making. That that I think was the most concerning thing overall. If you would have told me that 
the 49ers scored 30 points in this game, but the Steelers, you know, scored 28. I probably could have lived with it better, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, it just, you know, five, uh, let's go back to the five, uh, opening, uh, three and outs there. That, that, that was super, super concerning there. So I'm worried about both sides of the football and I'm, I'm worried about, uh, the, the magnitude of the injuries to the key players here. Right. I mean, right. Cause, uh, not having Cam Hayward in the middle of that defensive line, especially against a team that probably going to bull want to bully you with Chubb and, and, and all like that. And, uh, you know, you have a quarterback that obviously has the ability to run in, 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 in Deshaun Watson, uh, and then, you know, giving up what you gave up, uh, in, in, you know, these explosive runs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am concerned about both sides of this, uh, uh, unit, but it is only week one and, uh, let's see if my tune changes, uh, Tuesday. Yeah, I basically echo your thoughts, um, not to excuse anything that happened yesterday. It was, I think, a really embarrassing, uh, performance, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, just every aspect was, was so below expectations, but it is week one. This team has a chance to rebound. And if they do beat the Browns Monday night, then th- this tide's going to turn. You're now one to know in the North, you're one and one on the season and okay, we can, get this thing back on track so i think week two is going to tell us a lot about this team their resolve and really who they are um overall it's a tough game for sure but you know it's certainly a game i think pittsburgh is capable of winning but to your point about the injuries yeah can can you do that when you're losing so you don't have hayward and deontay in this one and maybe a core four doesn't get doesn't get cleared in time then then that challenge becomes that much tougher. And then you got Jim Swartz on the other side for Cleveland as well, too. A very accomplished defensive coordinator. Uh, I have not had a chance to go back through. You know, my understanding is Joe Burrow wasn't all that sharp and 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 all like that. But uh, you know, J- Jim Swartz is an accomplished defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean they made Burrow look. I mean, just terrible. I mean, Burrow threw for 82 yards and no touchdowns and completed 40% of his passes yesterday. I mean, that's that's what they did to the Bengals. So you just hope it's not a repeat performance of that in week two. So it's it's a lot on the line here. You're right. It's probably a, a bridge too far to call this must win, but it's it's darn close considering how bad this team was in week one. On the flip side, if you come out and, and correct some things, and even if it's a close game, if you look, uh, you know, uh, and I, it's not hard to look worse uh, offensively than this team looked on, on Sunday against the 49ers. But if you look better and, you know, maybe you lose a close game or something like that, a low ah, sc- scoring or know. something like that, I, I don't know. It, it would at least be something to build on. Because, look, I, I like I said in my prediction, I had them losing the 49ers game and then rattling off five straight. But if they don't – Plain and simple, if they don't beat the Browns and, and don't look good on offense uh, on top of it all, then you have to really uh, reformulate what what you think this, this team can sure. do getting to the bye week. Yeah. And were you saying about a close loss to the Browns or a close loss to the 49ers? What were, what were you referencing? No, I, I'm saying, you know, as long as you look better offensively, I mean, uh, uh, massively better offensively against the Browns, let's say – you know, you lose, uh, 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 to them. Uh, you know, maybe there's, maybe you, maybe we'll have some confidence that, you know, the rest of these games from, uh, until the bye week and the one after against the Rams will, will, will go much, much better. And maybe it'll be, you know, four and two or something along those lines. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, but I, I, 
I, I can get the close loss for the 49ers game, but for the Browns game, I mean, you'd be obviously more encouraged in, in some respect, but end of the day, you're still 0-2, mm-hmm. and you're 0-1 of the North. The Browns are 2-0 and 2-0 and in the AFC North, and that's just you start digging a hole, and Pittsburgh has done that so many times. Every year, it feels like where they dig a hole, really you know, a really big hole early, and they got to climb out the rest of the way, and there's just no, no margin for error there, so... Um, well, look, I mean, obviously, look, it, 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 you know, if they lose this game uh, 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 to the Browns, then they're let me look real quick here. Then you got I mean, you've got the Raiders, uh, a team that I, I obviously haven't watched the first game of that. To see, but I mean, the Texans, I mean, you better be able to win that one. Uh, and then you get a second try in division against the Ravens right before the bye, and then you get the uh, the Rams coming out of the bye. So, I mean, even if you lost to the Browns, uh, you know, can can you rattle off uh, Raiders, Texans, Ravens, Ravens, and Rams? Yeah, you could. You feel like you would have to, though. Feel like there's yeah. no margin for error there at all. And the NFL well, still the, tough. The, the and... game against the Ravens really ma- magnifies yeah. because you're zero and one in the division. Then you go oh, you know, zero and two in the division at that point, and then you really at that point to have a shot at the at the division, uh, regardless of what you do in the first uh, five games overall. If you lose to the Browns and lose to the Ravens, you pretty much have to run the slate in the AFC North mm-hmm. alone. Uh, yeah. on, on, on top of uh, obviously winning uh, uh, more games in the second half of the season. Sure. But that's all down the road, of course, to here and now. Pittsburgh, a miserable game. You just hope there's better days ahead. You, you just hope that it's just the quirkiness of week one. And that's what a lot of teams are telling themselves right now. The Giants are saying that. The Bengals are saying that. I'm sure there's other teams I'm forgetting that are saying that right now that it's week one. Let's just write the ship for week two. But that's the spot Pittsburgh has put themselves in. And the concerning thing is just, you know, what is the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers? They wanted to be the, the, the ground control and bully ball type mentality. Have not seen that one week in. They better show that in week two. Otherwise, they're going to have the same. And I think Ryan Clark made a comment about this. And I had my terrible take on this for Monday. You know, with the identity crisis of who the Pittsburgh Steelers really are. I think they're, they went into this offseason in the beginning of this year with a better vision and plan for who they want to be. But who they actually are, they can be two different things. Yeah, you can uh, you can say you know you can say you want to be a car, but you don't accomplish that just by standing in a garage. You know, there you uh, go. But uh, look, I mean, you only run the ball what nine times in this game, and uh, you know, obviously, 49ers were, were 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 almost you know daring you to try to run on them and all like that. You still couldn't get anything done on 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 top of it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we not. Nothing is we. They don't have an identity right now. Their identity is their. Uh, they 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 can't move the football on offense. That's that's their identity. Yeah. And 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 their other identity is they uh, are, are definitely not a good uh, first down defense uh, overall. And you know they're still giving up explosive plays on defense. They're still getting punched in the mouth. They're not doing the the punching right now. I mean, they did some of that late last year, but you know, just just not to the degree where it needs to be, and certainly did not happen yesterday. So I think that's probably a good time to wrap this. Thing and you up. had still... you had some stupid penalties in this game as well, too, right? Le- uh, was it mm-hmm. Levi Wallace and yep. uh, didn't Pickens, Pickens. get one uh, in this? And that's not you know you you're you're already 
having a bad day and you're making it worse on, on top of it with stuff like that. And, you know, they had that shot in the fourth quarter with around five minutes and Pickens looked like, uh, he, he wanted to be anywhere, uh, but there. And, you know, I know there's this story floating around about him liking something on Instagram and, you know, I don't know, know, we've learned over the years, you got to be careful when, Mm -hmm. when, 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 when judging that kind of stuff there. But I mean, he was targeted, uh, a lot of times in this game, probably not the targets that he want, but also when, if, if teams are good, trying to put, put lids on, you know, here, here's the thing. You, uh, we've got to see George picking. We know he can make the one handed catch. We know he can make the, the, the plays down the field more than 15 yards down, you know, past the, past the line of scrimmage when given the opportunity. But, uh, the, the thing that we need to uh, start seeing out of picking soon is the stuff underneath and the uh, the playmaking ability other than uh, catching the football more than uh, 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 12 yards past the line of scrimmage. Sure, that was my whole thought on him this preseason and, and summer. And I, and I thought he showed that during the summer. And I think during yesterday, I mean, he was running a more full route tree and all his catches were underneath the 49ers simply did not allow anything vertically. He did have that crazy one-handed grab out of bounds in the, in the end zone there um, midway through that game. But the 49ers to tackle the catch well, they're sound. They just kept everything underneath, took away the run game and Pickett could not matriculate this offense downfield with his accuracy and just the, the poor sloppy play. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of Steelers beating Steelers and the 49ers are too good for you to beat yourself and expect to still be competitive in this game. All right. Where should we go? We got a lot of emails in here. Is that where you're going? Yeah. Let's get to a couple of reader emails. Let me, let me buckle up first and see where this is going. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, get to some emails and close out today's show. Jordan writes, uh, what's up, David Knox? You're my number one Steelers podcast. So I had to get both of your thoughts on this. Uh, In your opinion, what was the most entertaining Steeler ever on offense and on defense? Not necessarily the best, but the most entertaining. Uh, He says his answer is Antonio Brown on offense. He's the only player I can remember literally every Sunday asking myself how the hell he did that. Uh, We know how special the route running and burst was, but the contested catches even in, in double coverage. Uh, my defensive answer is Troy Polamalu. There's no way to describe. Yeah, look, uh, I, at least the first question is 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 uh, <laughs> not one pertaining to the game. But uh, <laughs> uh, Jordan, I, uh, you know, at least in recent in recent times here, I I, I think you hit it, man. That there was it seemed like every week, man. I can't believe how Antonio Brown, uh, man, his route running was so damn good. He knew how to lean on people and, and that, that, uh, on deep balls, how to, uh, get that last minute, you know, half, uh, three quarters, sometimes yard separation with the ball in the air and just some of the catches that he made overall. So yeah, I think Antonio Brown's the easy answer there, uh, at least in, 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 in recent memory. And, you know, I think you hit it on Troy Palomalo. Some of those plays that guy made, uh, during his, uh, during his career, uh, you know, just undescribable. Yeah, I would go Troy defensively. I think he'd be a good one offensively. I would say, uh, backyard Ben, the Sandlot, Sandlot Ben uh, place that he made, just so much fun to watch though. So I, I, I might lean Ben, but but all good answers there. All right, Seth writes in. I think you guys may cover this on the main podcast, but just in case uh, you don't wonder what you think of the defensive game plan for the 49ers, seems to me the entire plan was to play off and tackle the catch, uh, living in their fears of the vaunted 49ers yards after the catch. He says, I think Purdy completed one difficult con- 
tested throw uh, all game long. It's hard to stay optimistic when this team gets absolutely boat raced. Uh, they just don't belong. But when we know this team is deep and talented, it's time to say the game planning on this team is well below the line. Well, uh, he says, uh, wonder what you think about defensive game plan for the for the 49ers. Well, I, I think Alex already highlighted, you know, that it looked like they played a lot of zone in this, right? Yeah, I don't have the exact metrics on that, and I've yet to watch the all 22, but it certainly felt like that, especially in a lot of key moments. So it, it seemed pretty, pretty zone heavy for sure. And it looked like they knew exactly where they wanted to go with the football, especially in some of them second and third down looks and even fourth down uh, looks there. And, and as we highlighted early in the game, I mean, early in this podcast here, uh, and they, they, they really did a good job of, of staying ahead of the chains on first down, whether it be runs or, or, or pass in there, you getting six yards like that on first down, uh, that, that allows you to do a lot of different things, uh, on, 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 on second down there. So, uh, look with, without a doubt, uh, game planning on both sides of this football, uh, football in this game and the execution, was not there. It's got to be to 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 win games in the NFL. I don't care who who you play. You 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 got to be better uh, than this team was on both sides of the football. Yeah, plain and simple. I thought Pittsburgh got punched in the mouth both sides of the ball, and that cannot be their personality going forward. Boat race seems to be a popular word today. Uh, Nick writes in. Uh, Steelers got boat raced at home. Yikes! I know that the coaching staff is not out there on the field having to make plays, but coaches have a job preparing preparing players for the game ahead, which, which coaches do you think have the least blame on their shoulders in, in yesterday's loss? Uh, also, I know that many people out there were expecting this team to contend for a playoff spot. I am definitely not packing it in, uh, on this season, but with this organization's standard being what it is, if the Steelers don't win a playoff game this year, can you guys see Tomlin Tomlin's hot seat in the kitchen, uh, start starting to get hot. Well, look, hey, first, first, there's, we're going to be uh, reading a lot of negative emails here today with reason. Which coach has the least amount of blame on their shoulder in in yesterday's loss? Uh, Eddie Faulkner, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the running backs didn't didn't have to do anything and they right. didn't touch the ball in this game. And, yeah, they, I mean, and they delivered one explosive play. Right, right. I mean, I don't. They're all to blame. I'm not trying to pick out who's, who's marginally less to blame here in this one. Uh, no one did did a good enough job yesterday. Uh, if if this team doesn't make the uh, doesn't win a playoff game, look, <laughs> let's, let's let's roll it back and just get them in the playoffs here at this point uh, after one week here. Can you guys see Tomlin's uh, seat in the kitchen starting to get hot? Uh, I guess it depends on on what the coloring of it all looks like here when it's all said and done here. I mean, this, at least on paper, this team looked a lot better heading in, into week one. So uh, we'll see how, but, but then again, you come out of your week one game, you have two significant injuries to two key players here, each on both sides of the football. You obviously don't want that thing to uh, 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 that list to grow, but on the flip side, that's why you have depth, right? Uh, uh, in this, and that's why you were were thankful, at least on paper, to see this this be a deep deeper team. Uh, initial thought is, yeah, you'd have to think that Tomlin's seat in the uh, in the kitchen uh, gets hotter if this team a either doesn't uh, make the playoffs or b just gets in and and, and loses a playoff game. I think the local media chatter will grow, and it becomes 
more justifiable with each year that passes, but the national media still loves Mike Tomlin and Mike Tomlin's going to be this head coach until he doesn't want to be the head coach anymore. So regardless of what we think or feel, I don't think it's really going to change the equation too much. I think Tomlin comes back in 2024, really, no matter what happens in 2023. All right, John from overseas, massive fan of your podcast from the UK. You guys really helped me get through the off season. I know nobody had a particular good game. However, did you notice particularly how bad the strong safeties were? Casey and Neil. Uh, he says, my question is, do you think at some point this season they will move Peterson to safety and start Porter? Well, I mean, if you move Peterson uh, to more of a full-time role, you would probably think he'd be more of a, a, a free than strong, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's not so much the box guy type. I mean, it's not like Peterson had some sort of great game yesterday either. I mean, maybe that's the, the initiative to move him to safety, but... No, if, if, if Peterson gets moved, it'll be more to the more of a, a fuller time slot role than anything else. Right. Uh, and 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 look, the, the, at one point you, you could tell at what you know, you don't like the stat uh, uh, box score uh, uh, scout through while a game is going on there. But at one time early in this game, Minka was leading the team in tackles. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that, that's, not a, that's not a good thing uh, uh, overall. So, look, uh, yeah, not just to say everybody's got to get better on defensive side side of the football there. Bryce writes in, uh, what a dreadful week uh, one performance. Uh, simply put, does this mean that Braden Fajoko and Armand Watts will be getting hats moving forward? He's uh, louder milk and Adams, like we've seen at times before. We're getting blown up at the point of the attack with good running teams on deck for the next couple of weeks. Do you see a scenario where Adams ends up as a healthy scratch? Your thoughts? First and foremost, I was a little bit surprised that uh, Loudermilk, personally, pro- probably Alex not as much, got a helmet over over Watts. Uh, Loudermilk's probably still one for one to better run defender than than uh, Watts, right? Yeah, nah, maybe. I mean, I think that's what Pittsburgh views him as, and that's why he got the hat yesterday. Uh, so I guess the real question becomes, well, here, here's the thing. Let's say Cam Hayward's inactive. Uh, mm-hmm. There, uh, or Liao, or, or and or Liao. Let, mm-hmm. Let's say both of them are, are are inactive. A will will either one of them need to go to the short term IR? Uh, that's question number one. But if they stay on the fifty three, you're probably going to see. You could probably see Fahoko uh, get elevated. Yeah, I really could just run plugger and they're going to need some run plugging against the Browns. So I don't know all the mechanisms of how all that would work, but I, I could certainly see that. I have. I mean, it's Monday now before we go. Uh, by the time we get to Sunday, uh, I'm guessing that it's going to be pretty clear cut as the as the a who might be elevated and b who will get get helmets. Right. Yeah, we'll just wait and see, but probably expecting something like that this weekend. Different. He is part two, different inside linebacker starters. Some of the same issues. Cole Holcomb looking out of place at times in coverage, not shedding blocks consistently enough. I know it's early, but should we really be thinking more about uh, steady rotations of Roberts, Juan, and Mark Robinson? Uh, uh, let's see here. Well, we already went over the snap counts overall, uh, in this thing. And with this probably being a more run centric, uh, game, uh, 
man, look, I, I thought Landon Roberts for the most part play, played okay. Uh, I don't know if anything that we saw on Sunday is going to dictate Mark Robinson getting snaps, though. Yeah, um, probably not this early. I get your point. We'll have to see, but I think they're going to keep rotating their top three and let this thing go out uh, another week. Paul Brown, overreaction Monday, writes in just an embarrassing week effort from the Steelers. I'm not sold on the issue of play calling, but more of just the lack of execution from the players. I know many emails will cover Kenny, but the defense needs to be criticized as well. With the exception of TJ, atrocious effort from what everyone thought would be a top defense uh, from wide open receivers in the holes of the zone. Minka missing an E. Oh, what about that Minka? <laughs> you highlighted that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 dur- I know on Twitter during the game, uh, man, he had he had Brock dead to rights and, and missed him there. That that was the play that he hit uh, 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 Debo, Debo on, wasn't on? Yep, a great grab by Debo. Uh, Patrick Peterson not backing up his trash talk uh, to the D-line, letting CMC uh, run at will. There's nothing that makes you feel good moving forward. I'm looking forward to the Steelers' depot analysis of the all-22 on a defensive side of the ball. Uh, P.S. At, at, uh, at work, we are burying a football today and moving on from this. Uh, would you feel better if at least the defense had showed up and made this a... 17 to 7 game, how much better would you feel? I mean, of course I would feel better, but the question really is how good is this offense and can they take the step? We're talking about the offense, needing to put the pieces in place, feel like the pieces were in place, and what is Kenny Pickett? You know, I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse, but you know, you're still wondering who Kenny Pickett exactly is for this franchise long term. That's not been set in stone. Yeah, you know, you were encouraged by last year in the preseason, and it's just one game not not determining anything, not concluding, but you're still wondering and still backfinding who this guy is. And, you know, one week into the season, it's not an encouraging start. And look, we're not putting this entire game on Kenny Pickett. He played a big part in it, obviously, when you only score seven points on offense. This was a very, very well done and complete uh, team loss. Yes, <laughs> unfortunate. I mean, in, in, yeah, it was a complete failure across the board. Uh, Larissa, these people want to get, I'm going to run a little long here, Alex, because we're going to let these people vent here. Uh, hi guys. I felt so deflated as I'm sure you did after the game. How disappointing. I'm not an X's and O's football person. So this could sound dumb, but one thing I noticed when Christian McCaffrey runs, he starts his burst from, uh, begins behind the line of scrimmage and he blows through the defense for at least four yards. Najee literally gets the ball handed off at the line of scrimmage and, just runs into a wall without any, any, any burst. And to make it worse, it's so obvious when they are going to run and the handoff is super slow. Well, they only ran nine times in this game. Uh, and look, I've, I, I, you know, I've got to be very, as, as objective as I can on these. And I've, I've hounded, that was a great run by Najee, you know, uh, uh, one of nine. Yeah. But I mean, it was, was a great run by him and, and Najee is more of a power back back though and that's the kind of uh you expect the line to do their part and uh him to complement uh that but they they are two different 
uh, uh, runners and, and, and what they can give you, uh, 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 Larissa. Uh, and on the other side, it's the same problem run defense like Swiss cheese on that long Christian McCaffrey run. It's like the Steelers players were on the field for the first time ever and just forgot how to play. However, I do think the Steelers will improve. Larissa says it was like a glitch in the matrix. Boy, let's hope it was a, just a glitch in the matrix. Mm-hmm. Good, good job on Steeler coverage as always. You guys have been the coverage uh, of the Steelers, uh, better coverage of the Steelers than the Steelers coverage skills look like. All right. Well, we're, we're trending ahead of the Steelers coverage <laughs> skills a, a, as a podcast. Thanks for the email, Larissa, Chris Warren. I'm so sick of hearing the national sports media guys alternating between trashing the Steelers one week, uh, then trying to crown them AFC North champs next week. It's all based on a handful of highlights. The act is though the skill positions are, are all that matter. They completely discount the importance of the big uglies down in the trenches. I'm so thankful to have you guys such a breath of fresh air, blah, blah, blah. Training camp and preseason coverage has been awesome. Very much appreciated. Thanks for that, Chris. Look, I, I, I may have had, one or two more sips of the preseason Kool-Aid than I, I needed to take. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always say with these, these young quarterbacks is you don't want to ride the roller coaster. Um, you know, one week don't want to get too high one bad week. Don't want to get too low. And that can probably apply to the entire team. So obviously it's a very concerning start. This team looked flat. It was again, just, it, it, just them getting beat up physically was the most concerning part to me because the whole MO has been built around playing bully ball and, out muscling teams and winning the point of attack. And they certainly did anything but yesterday. So uh, we'll, we'll see what week two looks like. It's a, it's a big game there. And just um, by the way, speaking of week two official, according to Adam Schefter, uh, Browns right tackle, Jack Conklin, Torres ACL and MCL will have season ending surgery uh, soon. So uh, he's of course out for the year will not play this weekend. And so it should be the rookie day one Jones to face TJ Watt as Jones makes his first official start. All right. Two more sacks, three more sacks for Watt. Uh, Jay Jones just looked good to his credit. I mean, he's had a good summer. He had a good, you know, you know. Obviously, I think Watt has the advantage there, but you know, I mean, Jones is a pretty freaky dude. Whenever he, mm-hmm. he's on his game, Chris Wade. Hey guys, what are your thoughts on Harvin after this performance? I believe these inconsistencies are who he is, and he's hurting this defense by field position. Junior varsity, varsity punts. Tomlin has to see that, right? Tomlin's got his hands full. He, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's seen right, a lot right now. Right now, uh, it's going to take him a while to get down the list. I think this week uh, and get to hard. But but point taken. Uh, you know, th- the one thing we wrote and talked about throughout the off season when the pun- talking about the punter battle and all like that was was inconsistencies there. Uh, I have a feeling they won't let that go on too long. Braden man still a free agent, correct? He never officially signed anywhere. So, yeah. So just want to put that out there. Uh, Sunday loss from Michael in Edinburgh, PA. Shame on you, Dave and Alex. You had me believing 2023 Steelers were a playoff team and things broke their way, even AFC North champions. I was skeptical that their 3-0 and preseason almost perfect performance by the first team offense and defense was due to them playing against second and third teams of, uh, of their preseason foes. I was per- perfectly fine with anticipating 10 and seven season, which included a three and three split in the AFC North. I realized this is only one game, uh, but 10 and seven and three, and three seemed like an impossibility unless their performance greatly improves or, uh, as the season goes on, my biggest, disappointment was the offensive line's performance. What was yours? My biggest disappointment of yesterday was yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was everything, but I think Kenny Pickett just looking 
so far removed from how he looked this summer was the most uh, concerning part. Uh, Jay Barbati seemed like a lot of Kenny's misfires were him trying to protect his receiver from a big hit. Uh, how does Najee get six carries? One went for 25. His speed is an issue, but six carries. Uh, he writes, found myself screaming, run the ball. Ayuk made Purdy look stellar. Purdy is a good quarterback and deserves to be a starter, but Ayuk was more than half of his yards and both touchdowns. Week one is always weird. These injuries hurt. Look, you Purdy got the ball to him and they were schemed uh, good situations there. And yeah, Ayuk had a hell of a game as far as Najee getting six carries, the, the flow of the game, uh, really dictated that. I mean, I guess you could have wedged in another carry or two in those first five, uh, three and outs, but same know. outcome. It's not changing the game. Yeah. I mean, uh, come on. yeah. I mean, you get into the second half and behind, like, you know, that's, that's, that's why you get nine carries in this game total for, for running backs. Hunter Higgins. Uh, what up Dave and Alex can't believe how awful we looked at home against the Niners. The NFL will never let the Steelers have a season opener at home again. Mm -hmm. LOL. Uh, what happened to Kenny though? Really concerning how composed and improved he looked in the preseason. Just seemingly forgot all about that in this regular season opener. His accuracy was terrible and decision-making was not there. I can understand opening game jitters, but he just didn't look like the same guy at all. Did you guys see anything different scheme-wise that was different from this preseason that could have contributed to this? Well, hey, you're going up against uh, play teams playing real defenses at this point and actually scheming up for you. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully this is just a really bad bad season opener and we can get together next week, uh, get it together next week for the Browns. Uh, I don't have anything really to add to that. Uh, how concerned are you about this from uh, Madeline about Kenny Pickett's uh, seemed like he took a pretty step back, found myself half, half jokingly pondering whether they should be in the tank for Caleb Williams. If this continues, look, I, Kenny, Kenny, they're going to try to figure it out with Kenny, you know, and, it was a, it was an awful game. There, there's no other way to point it, uh, paint it when it comes to Kenny's game. Yeah, I mean he's on notice for week two. Let's see what the resolve is. I think he's a mentally tough dude. I think he's bounced back from adversity before. He's obviously in a in a whale of it right now. So uh, it's it's a concerning performance. Uh, let's hope it doesn't become a concerning performances. And let's see how he bounce. If he bounces, he could bounce back in week two. Have a great game. Put it all together. And we're talking about how mentally tough this guy is and how he's battling and. You know, just you're still the guy. So it's certainly a concern. So it's a big moment Monday night, primetime AFC North opponent, a team that, that looks really good like the Browns, especially defensively. But let's see how Pickett, if and how he meets the moment. Uh, one last one, John D, uh, Di Stefano. Hey guys, uh, straightforward question. Have you ever been more disappointed in a Steeler performance in your fandom? Thanks, John. Look, I'm 50 something years old. I've, I've got a lot of disappointment, <laughs> to, uh, 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 to, to go through. Look, I, I'll say this. I mean, in recent memory, especially when it comes to home openers, even either, either home or away, uh, I don't know. I guess there was a few years ago, what against the, uh, 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 Patriots, right? Yeah. They got uh, blown out 33 to three. Right. Uh, I mean, as far as home openers go in, let's say the Tomlin era, I mean, that, uh, disappointment level. Th this one's up there. It is. I mean, there's a lot of disappointing losses, though. There was a bunch last year. The Jets game. I still don't get over the Jets game. Probably never will at this point. Uh, I mean, listen, they lost to the Texans way back when, or 24 to 6, where the Texans had, what, 80 yards of offense that game. I mean, they've had some, you know, some Raiders losses before. Terrell Pryor going, you know, 90 on them, um, all that kind of stuff. So, 
I'm not going to be able to rank this one you know, cleanly. It's very disappointing, but I'm sure there's a bunch more disappointing than this one. It's very recency. <laughs> yes, and that's where it comes from. Is that from. a word? Uh, all right. Uh, I think everybody gets the tone here. i got a couple more we didn't get to, but uh, uh, I think the All-22 is about to drop, so we're both, I wouldn't say excited uh, <laughs> uh, to get to it, but it's our job to uh, peel through that and See what else we can talk about on Wednesday. Let's see. We got a Tomlin press conference coming, I believe, on Tuesday. Is it? I forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. should still be uh, Tuesday. Should, and we have a, a live stream tonight, Dave and I. So oh. if you didn't get a question in, uh, which we have, we it'll be. I, a, look, I look forward to that one. <laughs> yeah, it'll be something. But uh, tonight, seven p.m. Eastern time, Dave and I uh, YouTube channel to search my name, and you can uh, ask us questions there. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody who still you know listens and. You know, we'll uh, we'll break it down and talk about it. What you know, and tell you what we see and listen to your comments here. And we will be back at it uh, on Wednesday, recapping the Tomlin presser. And uh, of course, that'll be ahead of the uh, the the injury report. No, I think the first injury report comes out on Thursday this week here. So, uh, but anyway, a lot to talk about these next few days. And as Alex said, you can join us for for the live stream on YouTube uh, later on tonight. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Studios Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, StudiosDepot.com. Hit the donate button upright, navigational bar. Also, if you want an ad free version, StudiosDepot.com. Hit the ad free button upright, navigational bar. Until Wednesday, hang in there, folks. As always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.